Hello, and welcome to the Canadian Story, where we discuss what Canada is, what Canada could be, and what Canada should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Canadian Story. I'm joined here by my cousin, friend, compatriot, co-host, Zach Gerber. And we have a very special episode for you today because it's just going to be Zach and I. That's not because we can't get a guest. It's because we've heard from many of you that you'd like to hear more from Zach and I about our Canadian stories and more importantly, what it's been like to do this podcast and, and what we see the future of this podcast being. So Zach, why don't we just uh, have a conversation here about what it's been like to be doing this for nearly uh, two years. We're, we're closing in on two years of the Canadian story. So let's talk about kind of what you thought it was going to be at the beginning, what it's become for you and how you feel about it. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, um, I want to thank everyone for being here because it's been incredibly fun. You know, David and I, we, we originally came up with this idea to do the podcast kind of just for fun. And it's, uh, it's turned into something a little bit more serious, but one of the, one of my favorite things about it thus far is the little online community that we've built and um, all the people who listen to the episodes and the, the feedback we get is um, is really exciting. So I just want to thank everyone for being here because uh, we don't take that for granted and we feel very fortunate about it. Um, the original vision for the podcast was basically just a... Uh, it was, it was a, <laughs> I guess, a glorified, glorified fluff piece to just try to like pump up Canadians. <laughs> Because what David and I were just sitting down and, and having a chat one day, and uh, I think we've talked about this on the on the podcast before, but for those of us, for those of you who haven't heard it, um, we were sitting down and we were chatting, and we kind of were we we're comparing America and Canada and just like talking about the overall culture of our country. And David brought up, he's like, really, like Canada has a branding problem because we're really, 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 really cool, and there's so many amazing things about our country. But our reputation doesn't extend much farther than like we're we're like the cool ones who invented hockey, which is great. Um, there's beavers and we're really nice and we make maple syrup, right? And um, basically, and we David, apologize a lot, and, and, we, and apologize. we apologize a lot. And basically, David was like, "Man, we are so much more than that. So why don't we talk to Canadians about what it is to be Canadian, what their experience living in this country is, and we'll just have conversations and." over the course of having a bunch of conversations, we'll try to like pull out reoccurring themes from these people to kind of redefine what the Canadian experience is and, and what we have, we as Canadians have to offer kind of on, I guess, like a global scale, scale, like where we sit within the, the planet that we're on. And we did that for, I don't know, I don't know, David, maybe like six months. And it was amazing. And we talked to tons of cool people and, um, something that I didn't anticipate, which I should have, but I didn't, is how much we, like we being David and I, were going to learn from the people that came on our podcast. Yeah, oh my that goodness. was the biggest shocker for me. You know, I have this image in my head of we're just going to do this podcast and it's going to be great, but but we've learned so much. I feel like I've gone to school, man. <laughs> like It's been insane. Yeah, yeah. It's been absolutely insane. I had no idea how many things I didn't know until I started talking to people who had entirely different experiences that, than I do. But the cool thing was, is they were, even though their experiences were so different, we all shared this common theme of being Canadian. 
And it's been really, really special to hear from people all over the country, from different walks of life, with different ideas. And in my own brain, even just redefine and re-understand what Canada is. We live in such a massive country and we span so much geographical space. And because of that, there are so many different pockets of what it is to be Canadian. But we do have this thing that ties us all together that is being Canadian. And so hearing those stories, hearing from, you know, we did an episode with a, a gold miner from the Yukon. And, you know, we've done episodes with, you know, old retired men who garden on the East Coast. And we've done episodes with, you know, people from, you know, Quebec and Toronto and the, the city cores. And all of them are Canadian. And that is so cool. Um, so that was the original vision and we started it two years ago. So I guess like maybe six months into the pandemic, it was a bit of a pandemic project. It kind of all started happening right at the beginning of the pandemic. We're like, well, we might as well do this and, and, you know, try to make something cool out of it. Um, and that was all well and great until, um, until some concerning things started happening on a national level and a global level regarding this pandemic. And um, David and I collectively became very uncomfortable with how the world at large was handling the pandemic, but um, because we are Canadians, specifically how our country was handling the pandemic. And so we kind of sat down as a, as a pair and had a conversation about how we, what, what we were going to do and whether or not redefining and rebranding what the Canadian story was, was the right decision. And ultimately, we decided doing nothing isn't an option. We have to, you know, I, I don't know if anyone remembers because it's a while ago now, but, you know, this has all kind of calmed down since. But there was very much a time in the middle of that pandemic where you weren't at all allowed to contradict any sort of quote unquote authority, um, which I just don't agree with, Uh just on even a, a base moral level. Um, challenging authority is something that I've always kind of wanted to do. I grew up on punk rock music, man. I grew up, you know, with, <laughs> with, with, the, with the people who were like, you got to stick it to the man. Like, and I never really had a good reason to until the man shut down my business and locked me in my home and told me I had to take medical treatments in order to reaccess society. And I was like, oh, there's the man. <laughs> And yes, this is the man that I will defy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and so we we just we decided we we decided that it would be the wrong decision to not confront what was happening in our country. And so we we made a shift probably about a year ago now um, into doing kind of more more serious interviews and really trying to get alternate opinions and still expert opinion, but alternate opinion, and see if we could get down to the bottom of what was going on. And I mean, as listeners, I don't know if you feel that we've done that. That has been our goal. We hope that you feel that we have we have brought you interesting conversations with interesting people who can speak from positions of authority, because that's kind of what, what our new aim was. But it has been an incredible, absolutely insane journey. And it has been so fun and I am so grateful for the position that we are in um, getting to do this. And I'm so grateful for all of the people who listen to the episodes. And I'm so grateful for all of the people who are willing to, to use their time to come on our show and to talk to us. And I am most grateful for the community that it, it has built, the community of free thinking, 
hardworking, kind people that really do, to me, represent what Canadians are. They're kind, they're hardworking, and I, <laughs> it's a little touch and go for a while, but I think more and more um, Canadians are a people who, who question authority when they feel there might be something amiss. And I see more and more of that happening every day as we get further and further away from kind of the madness and the, and the propaganda that was this pandemic. I, I see us transitioning into a people, even just in my own friend groups outside of the podcast, I see those people transitioning from never thinking about governance and what is going on with the world around them to all of a sudden not being panicked, but being aware. And if there's yeah. anything that we can we can draw out of this pandemic situation that we've been in, that is a silver lining. I think the the awareness of the citizens of our country to what is going on around them has increased tenfold, and I count that as a as a very good thing. So that's kind of that's kind of my little ramble about where we're sitting right now. But David, why don't why don't you talk about your position and and where you've been at? Well, I just find, uh, first, I'd like to echo what you said and just thank our listeners so much for, I mean, it would just be you and I talking, which I would be fine with, to be honest, if we didn't have listeners. But uh, but I'm just so glad that we do have listeners because I think these conversations are so important. They're they're defining conversations. I don't want gra- to be too grandiose, but I believe that in our, in our own small way, we played a very big role in bringing back... Uh, that conversation, the ability to have the conversations that are difficult. And both you and I were homeschooled, raised evangelical Christian. We have a culture of maybe maybe Judeo-Christian values. But I think this podcast has opened my eyes even more to just how many different beautiful uh, worldviews there are in this world. And, and like um, some of the stuff we've learned from some of the first nations leaders that have come on our podcast have really impacted me. Um, What obviously IJ, one of my favorite philosophers, he's brought a lot of clarity. We had that, uh, that fellow on it. Forgive me for forgetting his name right now, but he said action provides clarity. I believe he, what was his name again? Jordan Valerian. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Incredible, incredible. uh, Just a, a new way of, the way that I would put it is the wisdom that I have gained from the guests who have conveyed their excellence to us has made me a more wise and excellent person by association. And I just, I don't think, I don't think you can quantify that and say, this is, uh, you know, the, the value of that is almost, it's almost impossible to, to talk, to, to give words to, right? I mean, I would say for myself, over the two years that this podcast has been going on, I've stopped drinking and I, and I credit this podcast with that in the sense of the wisdom that I was getting from people who even had struggled with addiction in the past was able to give me kind of a roadmap to get over a lot of my own problems. I've lost 30 pounds. I don't, I don't want this to be a bragging session, but it's like, as I began paying attention to the things that are being discussed in the podcast, which I think was more than just listening to experts on the pandemic or hearing about why people love Canada. Really what we were getting is the condensed why wisdom and excellence of these people in one hour. And like you said, I think the biggest surprise for you and I was how much we learned 
while we were doing that. And, and I would say that my life has been utterly transformed by podcast. And I'd like to also give a shout out to Luke Mason, our cousin, who originally got me into podcasting with our other podcast, Really True Fiction. Um, because I think if he hadn't done that, this podcast wouldn't exist. And that, that let's say three years, because we kind of started it around when I was when I turned 30. So from then 30 till 33, I would say podcasting changed my life, right? Because it made me art more articulate. It made me think more about my ideas. And I'd be interested in what you have to say about that. But I feel by doing these interviews, by having these conversations, I'm better able to articulate my own thoughts. And, I, and I've heard from multiple listeners that they love your thoughts and how you articulate things. So I want to know, like, how has this podcast changed how you think, how you view the world, not on a, on a broad, you know, society-based level, but you? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, it, it will change how you think. Listening to other people will change how you think. And it, that sounds like an obvious thing when you say it. But when you're not thinking about it, it, it isn't so obvious. Um, one of the one of the things I've noticed about myself over the course of of this exercise, we'll call it an exercise, um, having one hour conversations with primarily strangers on a consistent basis um, has made me well just better at having conversations. Um, but it has also forced me to be more conscious of how I articulate my thoughts. And it has made me better at articulating my thoughts and arguments. Um, and that's been really fun to develop. And, you know, you don't, you don't, well, at least I didn't think about it getting into it, but you don't, you don't think about the, the impact. So this is episode 150. And I, I guess technically I, I wouldn't consider this particular episode an interview. This is more just you and I, you know, having a conversation about something we love, yes, right? Yeah. But we, we do love, we do love. We but always have. Yeah, but if you if if you think about it, like 150 episodes, an average of an hour an episode, that means you you know you and I have spent 150 hours conducting interviews, and that is I didn't think of that as a skill, um, and frankly, it's to to be honest, it's um, it's harder than I anticipated it was going to be, um, but that's been a really fun skill to develop and a really fun thing to try to learn how to do. Um, and sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. And yep, I mean, yep. for, for anyone who's, who's listened to all of the episodes, you know, not all of them went great. <laughs> no, but no, they, some of them were really bad interviews that mo and mostly on us for not knowing how to, uh, how to bring out the guests. Excellent. Yeah. Like, yeah. And th that is not, that is not a slight against our guests in any way. That is, that is a failure on our part. Um, and it's a kind of it's a it's a kind of funny thing to to hang your dirty laundry out in front of the public and be like, mm, this one didn't go well, but here it is anyway. Um, yeah. But that is. Yeah. Yep. But that is part of, in my opinion, um, part of like what we're doing. We're trying to make what we're doing very genuine, right? And so, allowing ourselves to make mistakes in front of the public face, allowing ourselves to publish episodes that we felt didn't translate the way that we wanted them to, to allow ourselves to go through failures um, is both good for you and I. And I hope um, for the people who, who listen to the episodes and go, wow, that one kind of sucked. Like, I hope that they take that into their lives and 
extend themselves a little bit of grace in realizing that you're not going to get everything you do right all the time, which is something that I struggle with and I shouldn't struggle with it. But I always put so much pressure on myself to always deliver deliver at the highest possible level. Um, and the highest possible level being levels that I've never even achieved before. You know, in, in my, in my <laughs> yes, music business, yes. I'm always, like, I always compare myself, my work, to, you know, the music that's winning Grammys. And, you know, that's, that's a good thing in the sense that I should always be shooting for the highest goal. Um, but it can be detrimental in the sense that, you know, I'm not there yet and it would be very easy to get down on myself for it. Um, but I hope I hope people who listen to to the mistakes that we make take away from that um, just an acceptance that it's okay to make mistakes. And we're all kind of like here in this little community that we're building, talking to each other and being imperfect. And that's one of the things that I love about what we're doing is that, in a sense, it's kind of messy, but I kind of like it that way because we're not shooting for, you know, the perfectly framed, like, mainstream news production. We're we're going for authenticity and um mistakes are part of being authentic. Um so that's been that's been an interesting portion of of what we do, but I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the journey. <laughs> I would say I would say that that what you just pulled out is actually the thing that has changed my life the most by doing this podcast. For so for though for the listeners that have been with us from the beginning, I think there's about 50 of you. Um we have kind of had a hi- two hiatuses. And so I want to talk about those hiatuses with you, Zach, here, because not to explain them, because I don't feel the need to explain ourselves, but more to talk about what that meant for us. So for those who don't know, at the very beginning, we tried to do an episode every day. And we and I think we pulled that off for how many months? Six months, roughly. I don't think it was six. I think it was a lot of months. It was a lot of months because we we were like we were we were doing days of of recording. We were trying to do five days a week, right? You were you were over at my apartment like two or three times a week doing episodes. Exactly. (laughs) We were were recording a lot of episodes and it was awesome. And and that was like such a grind. But I think we had a misunderstanding of of what the podcast was going to be at that time in the sense of of just results, right? Because we would we would produce all these things and we'd be like, Oh, we got this big guest. We're going to take off. Oh, we got this big. How many times <laughs> did we say that to one another? Right. It's like, oh, we got. And you know what? We never did in the sense of one guest never got us where we were trying to go. And I want to I want to develop on that very quickly. Um, generally speaking, and this is just a funny little anecdote, but generally speaking, if David and I think and a guest is going to perform well in terms of like viewership, they usually don't. Pretty much every episode that has done well for us has been a surprise. So that's just an interesting yes, tip. <laughs> yes, yes, which is amazing. But, yeah. but what has that taught us? I want to go into like that lesson that I've learned and then to get your thoughts on it. Because up until the podcast, I would say, in my life, everything that I've done has been uh, within a con- the confinement of a time frame, right? So most of my life has been uh, my professional life. Most of my professional life has been dedicated to politics and now business. But in the in those in those worlds, especially politics, everything is kind of revolves around the campaign. And the campaign has very specific rubrics. It's like this is what you need to achieve. This is how you need to do it. It's very structured, right? You need to get this many votes. That's how many you need to win. 
this is how you get that many votes. And it's obviously a very complex ecosystem, but if you boil it down to it, it's very simple. So with podcasts, I was like, well, you know, I just, I need to, I need to obtain some objective, right? I want to, I want to hit so many views, that kind of thing. And as we progress down this road, I realized that is the completely wrong attitude to have about anything, but especially about podcasts, because what we're building here is not a business necessarily. It is a community, like you said, and that's been the best part of what we've done. And we have gone from our early stages to now, we're 400% bigger than we were, right? Which is insane growth and incredible. But it didn't feel that, that way. <laughs> right? Oh, it, it, it felt messy. <laughs> and so, like, I want to go in. So we, we threw ourselves into it the first half of 2021. And we, we produced, in 2021, over 90 episodes, and which is a lot. And in that time, we learned that it isn't actually about chasing those download numbers. Because after we'd done that, we were kind of looking at things and we got a little bit discouraged. Not discouraged in the sense that we weren't going to do it, but like we weren't getting the validation we wanted to get from it. Right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and then when we restarted it, it was very much more, okay, we're just going to be consistent that we don't really care about the results. I mean, we, we still care about the results, but this is just about producing something because this is what we do. This is who we are. We're podcasters. We, we are just going to put out an episode once a week, every week. And then again, I got so busy with the campaign, uh, to remove Jason Kenney as the leader of the, uh, or as the premier of Alberta, that we took another break and then we restarted it again. Now, what's the important lesson here? It's that you just never give up, right? Since our last, so we've, we've stopped twice, had breaks and restarted. Each time we restarted, it's been better. We've had more success and we've enjoyed it more. Like I'm enjoying the podcast now more than I ever have, not just as a part of my life, but as a sense of my own identity. It's part of my vocation is this podcast now. Whereas I think originally the goal was, oh, we want to grow it. We want to make it into something big. Maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't, but that's not the goal anymore, at least for me. I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on that because what it, what it taught me, just sorry, I know I'm rambling, but what it taught me was to become good at something there's only one way to be good at anything. And it's just to do it over and over again, period. And that's what we've been doing. Just doing this over and over again, enjoying it, learning from it. It's enriched our lives, but ultimately to be successful at this. And we're not, I wouldn't say we're successful at this yet, but we're enjoying, we are successful at it in this. We are just doing it for the pure love of doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I've learned through the whole process I would say there's two things. Um, one, you have to be bad at something to get good at something. And two, there is always um, new ground to break. And the only thing that you have to do to break it is to just keep being bad at stuff. <laughs> you know? Um, like I think about my mentality or like my, I guess my attitude when we started this. Um, I was like, nervous to talk to people I didn't know. I was uncomfortable with how to make the technology work. You know, I've, I've 
I've obviously, so I have a background in sound, right? I, I produce records, I work for bands. Um, so sound engineering, I've already done the work of, of figuring out how, how to confidently do that. But to, to um, do all of the uploading and all of the posting and all of the online management and the booking of guests. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't take, sorry, my cat's climbing on my computer. Get off. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it didn't, you know, it didn't take long for after we started the podcast for, you know, um, me to be on an email chain with a, a senator, you know? And I was like, oh my goodness, like, this feels very above my head. Like this, I'm sure this person's very important. I'm, I'm just some like punk from Cambridge, Ontario who like does sound like, what am I doing here? Um, and you know, I was, I had to go through the discomfort of being bad at something and making mistakes and, and figuring out what those mistakes were and how to remedy them. Now my mentality around the whole thing is one, it's like, now it's comfortable no matter who comes on, it's just comfortable. And it's also, I also feel lucky to be in that place because I get to bring that, that confidence and that comfort into conversations with people I really want to learn from. And doing that exercise of repeatedly just not quitting and not giving up and doing the restarts and letting it be messy and figuring out all of that junk has landed us here. And I don't know how you feel now, but I feel just like relaxed and motivated and comfortable and confident in breaking forward into whatever's next for Canada and just having conversations with cool people about it. And I, I think that's a that's a sweet place to be. <laughs> yeah. Well and and I hope the, the thing that I, it gets me most excited, to be honest, is I mean we watch the numbers all the time and the way that a lot of podcasters talk about it is and I, and I happen to have a lot of experience with this because I've given a hundred public speeches this year in Alberta, but it's to think about it like a room, right? I think about like, what would it be like if I was speaking to that many people in a room and what level of, you know, seriousness would I give a project like that? And, you know, we're speaking to a pretty big room now, right? And, and there's a lot of people there and there's a lot of people listening to us and, I don't think they listen to us because we're particularly wise or particularly intelligent or any of those things. I think they, they listen to us because we're honest because we're, I mean, and that's, a, that has been a theme that is, that has resonated throughout all, a lot of our podcasts is that honesty is the key that authenticity, truth. These are, these are the ways that, that people are looking for to, to get some kind of trust back in people. And so I, I don't think we've hidden things from our listeners. Like if you listen to those podcasts, we're pretty real. I talked about, you know, my struggle with alcoholism, but we, we've talked about what it was like to be homeschooled. Like we're not pretending to be cool, cooler than we are. We're, we're, we're not, you know, we don't have some kind of, I mean, I do have an ego. Everyone knows it, but like in this context, <laughs> We're not being egotists. We're at, we're we're approaching everything as students. At every I, I approach every one of these interviews as this person has something they can teach me that's not only going to make my life better, but hopefully if I can pull it out, it'll make the listeners' lives better. And I think that's I don't know. I would love to hear from our listeners, the ones that that listen through all our episodes and listen to this one. What is it that you like about this podcast? We would like to know because 
because you're the big part of why we're producing it, not the only reason. I mean, Zach and I will probably keep producing it even if only we listen. We don't, we, we don't even listen to it. We, we have the conversation, but like... <laughs> yeah, if, I don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. But, but my point is, we're not just doing it for listeners, but, but we want to know what is drawing you to this. Because I'll say for me, the reason I keep doing it is because never in my life have I found something that has given more back to me. I don't mm. think, right? Mm. Uh, I, I have become a better person by being a podcaster. It's a funny thing, right? Like you wouldn't think about podcasting as being the catalyst to, to change your life for the better. Like that, that doesn't seem, you know, people, when, when people think about making transformations, they think about, you know, going to the gym or going back to school or, you know, those sorts of things. And here you and I just started this little podcast. And I I mean, your, your life has obviously gotten a lot better for it. And, um, my life has as well. And that's a funny, it's a, it's funny how things you don't expect to touch you in really cool ways do. I want to say something though. I want to say something, um, yeah, I think you're entirely, you said something that I want to agree with. Um, we're not here because we're wise. Neither of us, I mean, I, I, I suppose I can't speak for David, but I'm pretty confident that I can. I don't think either of us are here because we think we're smart or we think we have the answers or we think we have solutions that are going to change the world or we need to speak down on people who think differently than us. I'm here because I'm I'm not wise and I'm here because I am curious and I'm here because I don't have answers, but I want to be a part of the conversation that maybe gets us toward those answers. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to, uh, agree with that because I think that's important. I don't think either of us come at this project from the position of, we have so much to offer. We, we come at this, we come at this project from the position of, we want to learn, right? Well, I want to go back to what you something you said a little bit earlier about the the core, and I still I think that core still exists, even though maybe the the topics that we're discussing have been become more political. The core thing here is that the Canadian people don't really have an identity, at least not an identity that can drive them to greatness. They have an identity of mediocrity, uh, an identity, but but it's a but. It, but underneath the, the, the conscious identity, in my opinion, is the real identity. And the real identity of, of Canadians kind of was manifested in the trucker convoy. Canadians have a long fuse. We've heard guests say this, right? Mm, Canadians are, yeah. are willing to put up with a lot. Of course we are. We live in one of the coldest stations on earth. Like we're willing to put up with a little bit of suffering. We, we're, we're resilient people, but we're not pushovers. That's a that's a great mistake that I think was made by our prime minister, perhaps his cabinet, is we're not we're not willing to just be abused. We're willing to suffer, but there's a big difference between being suffered between suffering and being abused. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think what I've learned uh, from this podcast, and which was the original intention, is that a big part of the Canadian identity is this quiet strength that just resonates through almost all of our citizens, whether they're new immigrants. And this is something we talked about very early on, but there is, there are some uniting principles that make Canada what it is. And one of those uniting principles 
is that everybody who lives here either is a descendant of immigrants or is an immigrant. And I include the First Nations in that. They're not new immigrants. They came over 10, 15,000 years ago over the land bridge, at least as far as we know, right? But like everybody here is basically, you know, we've selected for explorers. The biological, let's call it, tendency that unites us is that whether you're from the Punjab or the Philippines, whether you're from Lebanon or Venezuela, you left your home, or whether you're like our ancestors fleeing the potato famine, or you're, you know, coming over from England, everybody who came here did something that almost no human ever does. They packed up their home and they left. And they came and decided to start something new somewhere else. So that's one thing that unites us, right? We're explorers. We're people who are willing to go into the unknown and face it with really nothing more than ourselves and those who love us if we bring them with us, right? The second thing is that Canada is an experiment, right? It is, it is a question of can people who have different faiths, different languages, different cultures, can they live in harmony with one another? And that's an experiment from the very foundation of this country between the French and the English. It's obviously expanded to all the many wonderful minority groups that we have in this country. And then you and I've got to interview people from immigrants from Nigeria, Muslims, First Nations people. We've had an incredible spectrum, I would say, of, of the Canadian people that we've been able to uh, interact with. And the, the thing that, that has really encouraged me from all of those interviews is that the Canadian people are a strong people. They are not a weak people. They may be a little bit too compliant of a people. They may be a little bit too trusting in their government, but they're not a weak people. And I think we need to get over this, this notion that Canadians are polite and nice. That's not weakness. It's not weakness to be kind. In fact, it often takes more strength to be kind than to be upset. Mm. So I'd be interested in hearing some of your like realizations you've had as, as well, I agree, we've kind of shifted perhaps the methodology that we're engaging in our interviews. I don't think it's changed the overall purpose, which is to, through conversation, assess out what is it to be Canadian? What does it yeah. mean? And what is that identity? And I would say one of the things that I've that I've gleaned from our many interviews, 149, is Canadians are a strong people. Yeah, I agree. Um, originally, a rule we had set for ourselves is that we would only interview Canadians. Um, and we've since expanded out of that. And we've had, you know, one or two, maybe even just one, if if my memory serves me, um, foreigners on on the show uh but we talk primarily to canadians and canadians are canadians are crazy like the i i I love your perspective of we are explorers we all landed here from somewhere else um even just in, in in terms of the idea of like classical conditioning we have we are a people that is selected for exploration i hadn't thought of it in that context before but i think that's really 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 neat um the other thing that all of those explorers did is they landed in this geographical climate, which is harsh 
and cold and bitter at many times. And, um, you know, I just, I just came back last week from a moose trip in Northern Ontario and we set up camp the first night and it was, you know, like plus eight and we, uh, we were all excited and I crawled into my sleeping bag and I fell asleep and I woke up to minus eight and like three inches of snow. And that's where these people landed. They landed here and said, ah, this'll do. We can make this work. So yeah, we are like, there is a strength that runs through Canadian blood um, that doesn't get talked about enough. We don't, we don't think highly enough of ourselves, if, if I can say it in that way. Um, and that isn't a position of ego. That is just a, that is a, a realization that we should put more value in the steel that makes us. Um, because we are resilient, we are strong, and one of my one of my hopes for Canada as we step forward into the future is that we bank on some of that strength a little bit more. Um, we've said a couple times on the podcast that you know we're kind of an adolescent country or or we're a teenage country in the sense that we're not we're not brand new anymore, um, but I think we still have growing pains to go through, and I want. You know, when I leave this world, I want to look back on a Canada that is not just strong internally, but strong externally as well, strong globally in in a whole new way, far above and beyond what we what we are now. Um, I think we as a country have so much to offer the rest of the world. I think we have solutions that we can bring to global markets that are amazing and clean and can make people's lives better. And I want to see that strength tested. I want to see us move forward and test our steel um, because we are underneath all the politeness and the kindness, a bold and brave nation. And um, I look forward to seeing that come forward in the future. So uh, that uh, segues really well into, I think, a uh, topic that we have to discuss because it's been a, an incredibly pertinent and uh, extensive discussions that we've had on it, which is, Alberta and uh, the sentiments of feeling abused by Canada, things like that. As an Ontarian, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on how that has changed your perspective. We've had a lot of guests to talk about Alberta, uh, primarily because I'm Albertan and, and uh, I have a lot of connections here. And just like we've had a lot of people from the music industry come on because you're very connected in the music industry. <laughs> but as someone who was not maybe aware of of these things what has that done for your perspective on canada and what you think needs to happen yeah i have a few thoughts about that um and here i am just again a little kid from cambridge ontario you know talking about how we should overhaul our entire governmental system so like who am i right well let's let's preface <laughs> let's preface this conversation with who am i but let's have the conversation anyway um so i i was born in 92 um my some of my first political memories of Canada was the separatist movement out of Quebec, not Alberta. And I remember as a kid, like, kind of framing that as like, why don't they like us? Like, why do they want to leave? I don't understand. And to be entirely honest, I uh, haven't, I, I was a kid back then, and I haven't put very much time into understanding all of those grievances. Um, so I still don't really understand if I'm being entirely honest. But I bring that up to to get us to what's happening in Alberta now because there's a lot of people in Alberta who are very, very upset. Um, and something probably a lot of you don't know about me is that um, when I was, I think, 12 years old, 
David, if you remember correctly. I spent two weeks at um, my uncle and aunt's place, David's parents' place in Alberta, in rural Alberta. And uh, I have, since then, I have always loved Alberta. And I get to go back to Alberta every so often on tour um, to usually just to, to some of the bigger cities like Edmonton and Calgary. But, um, you know, every time I end up back in Alberta, I, I fall back in love with it. Um, I live in Ontario. My feet, my feet are Ontario's soil, but, uh, my heart is absolutely in Alberta because if there is anyone within Canada who respects freedom and personal autonomy and personal responsibility, I would say it is Albertans. Um, and it is a shame that in many ways, what I would consider to be the best of us are so upset with the rest of us that they want to leave. <laughs> yes, um, yes, yes. And I think, you know, I, I alluded just a few minutes ago to to growing up as a country and, and getting through some new growing pains. I think what is going on between Alberta and the rest of the country is one of those growing pains that we are going to have to sort out. Um because there's a lot of very, very upset people. And Canada will be a worse place without Alberta if Alberta leaves. Um, and I can't even begin to extrapolate all of the things that that will mean for the new country of Alberta, if that's what it is called, and the, the new country of Canada. Um, but I think I could probably speak for on behalf of a lot of people within the country in saying that that is not the future for our country that I want or we want, right? Um, so it's interesting because, you know, obviously Alberta feels underrepresented. And they, so they're underrepresented, but they are, and it's, it's a statistical fact, they are funding so much of what happens in our country. So they're throwing all of this money at the rest of the country. And then anytime that they want to throw an opinion into Ottawa, it's basically like, mm, no, you're not important. Bye. But also, like, send that check over. <laughs> so, of course, they're upset. Um, but I want to extrapolate that. I think I think the Alberta thing is one problem, but I, I think we can extrapolate that even bigger into kind of how, and I haven't, I haven't fully developed this thought, but I don't think it's fair, and I say this as someone who comes from the GTA, I don't think it's fair how much power the GTA and the, and I guess, um, big city centers like, um, Vancouver, Montreal, um, all of those ridings, they hold so much power. And I guess it's, you, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's based on, on population, right? It's, it's, it's just split up based on how many people are in that geographical location. And the place that I live in, in the country is the most geographically dense place in the country. It is actually, this is interesting, um, it is more geographically dense. The GTA is more geographically dense than LA, um, which a lot of people don't know. My wife comes from LA, so I, have I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So LA, LA is very sprawling, right? And there's there's like as many people in California as there are in Canada. But if you look at the the county of Los Angeles, there is less people per square mile than there is in the GTA because the GTA wow. is built up, right? We have all of these high rises and um, LA County builds out. They don't build as many high rises right. as we do. So there's more people per square mile in Toronto than there is in Los Angeles, which a lot of people don't think about. So these, while there, while there are tons of people in these places, yes, you know, 
the GTA geographically only represents a very, very small portion of the country geographically. I get that it's popu- that the population is dense and so it represents a lot of the people, but you, I don't think that you can ac- accurately or fairly capture the pulse or the heart of, of the entire country by only looking at how many people geographically live in a place. And I think that is what is happening in Alberta. And I think that that, that is happening overall within our country. And I, I wish that we could recraft our system to better represent the interests of people who are located outside of some of these dense city centers. Um, and perhaps that's selfish because I don't really identify with the kind, kinds of people that live in dense city centers. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a boonies boy. I want to go out into the bush. I want, I want to look at open fields. I want to drive down country roads and only have a car cross me every 10 minutes. Like I like that feeling, right? That I love that. Um, when are you going to move out here, Zach? I know. Just move out here. I know. I know. My my heart is in Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't. I don't have an answer for that yet. Um, but I w- I would like to see our country more evenly represented, and I think population density has to play some amount of role, um, because those voices deserve to be heard. But I think that we could craft a more nuanced approach that better represents the country as a whole. And if we did that and we listened to all of the people within our nation a little bit more, I think we could build a more fair and better country. And I think Alberta would maybe not leave, which I would be down with. (laughs) I I think one of the, the easiest ways to do it would be just completely reform the Senate and just give every single province, no matter how big or small, 10 senators and then everything else is rep by pop and then uh, you so know, the house the, the, with would the house be by population and then the senate is yeah. just <clears throat> yeah the same yeah. as america right like down in america doesn't matter if you're in nebraska or california you get two senators yeah right yeah and uh and i think that so then you get the regional representation but right now it's like pei has more senators than alberta that's just more senators yeah is and, it, and also, I don't think DEI should be a province, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> well, you did just say it on your public podcast. Okay, well. <laughs> I just mean, there's only 140,000 people there. Like, come on, it's a city. It's not yeah. a, like, we, we, they should not have more senators than Alberta. They why should do not. They, why do they have more senators? Because they were guaranteed a certain number in confederation, basically. So that that is an interesting solution, though. So with that solution, the way it works is the house stays the way it is. The house is based yeah. on that population density, but everything that gets passed through to law has to go through both the house and the Senate. And so the Senate being that, you know, quote unquote, sober second thought, um, they can then uh, more evenly represent the interests of the entire geographical expanse of the country. So I think exactly. And, I think and, that would and be- I'm offering PEI, by the way, for those who like are mad PEI, a few PEI listeners we have. They get 10 senators too, right? Alberta gets 10, Quebec gets 10, Ontario gets 10, everybody gets 10, right? And that will, I, I think, actually provide a bit of a solution. But but I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about that because we're talking about the podcast. But um so what's what's your where we got five, 10 minutes left here? What's your vision for the future of the Canadians? I was gonna ask you that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, both. Let's have a conversation about it. 
The future, so I want to speak both about the future of the podcast and the future of the country. And I kind of already spoke about the future of the country, I guess, but I just want to reiterate, I want to see us test or steal. I want to see us get serious about where we sit globally. I want to see us get serious about how we can help the people within our country. I want to see us get serious about how we can help the people outside of our country. Um, I always want to do better. And I think we as a country can grow into being better. Um, for everyone. And I, I want to see us do that. For the podcast, my hope for the podcast is that more and more people just tune in because they are sick and tired of the cleaned up, clean cut, you know, huge production budget sort of, here's the narrative piece. You know, here is the 30-second spot from this person about this issue, and this is what you're supposed to think about that. Um, I I know that I know that you and I have spent um spent moments on this show being opinionated, which is fine, you know, that we're we're entitled to do that. It it is our show, right? Um yes, yes. but overall, I I'm actually not trying to convince anyone of anything. Um, I am only trying to learn and to seek truth and to figure out what is going on and what and what is best for all of us going forward and i hope that's what we do better and better all the time i hope that we i hope that people can come to us because they know we're just going to have an honest conversation about a tough issue we're going to talk about the things that we're not supposed to talk about we're going to say the things we're not supposed to say we're not going to be politically correct but we're going to do that from a position of humility and kindness and interest in humanity. And um, that's what I would like to see us develop and, you know, going forward. What about you? Yeah. And I think, uh, well, for me, um, more than anything, I, I would just like people to begin doing this themselves. Mm. Right? My, my ultimate goal from the podcast is in our own broken, failure-driven way of learning through making mistakes, we can show others that these kind of conversations are not scary. They don't have to be angry. They don't have to be aggressive. I, I don't think we've been very angry or aggressive on this podcast at all. And I think while there is time for anger and there is time for aggressiveness, what we need to do as a society is learn how to talk to one another again. And so my hope is that you and I, as we get better at talking to our guests and to one another, that we will in some way inspire others to start maybe their own podcasts or at very least start having their own conversations where it's not just about spitting out whatever narrative, whether it's right or left or whoever it is, whatever talking points you're hearing, whatever narrative you're hearing, whatever ideology you espouse to, that's not the point. That's not what makes being human wonderful. It's actually wonderful to have different perspectives that then you can come up against and learn from and develop your own understanding of the world. I think one of the biggest problems that humanity has, humanity across time and space, is, is when we start to think that we know things. And we start to think that we understand something. I mean, one of my core philosophies of life that I've learned 
largely on this podcast, I would say, but obviously it's, it's, you know, echoes through all of the thought of basically humanity is you don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. You can't be right. I mean, Socrates said it, you know, the, the wisest man knows he knows nothing, right? You're not, you're not right. Your goal should be to be less wrong. And if we, if we take that rubric as opposed to the rubric of I'm right, this is the way things are, this is what's right. And instead we, we flip that on its head and we say, I'm usually wrong. I would just like to be a little bit less wrong today and learn a little bit more about truth, even though as a finite being, I can never understand the infinite fully. I can see reflections of it. I can catch glimpses of it. And this is why humility is the ultimate way to approach reality because you are finite. You are not infinite. And if you actually come to believe that, you could escape the horrors of the human ego. And I think, I mean, I hope my vision for this podcast is that I will continue to escape the horrors of the human ego and that hopefully others will, will see my stumbling, you know, fumbling attempts at doing that and hopefully be able to learn to do it a little bit themselves. Because that's what I've learned. The, the most important thing I've learned from this podcast is if you don't approach life with a little bit of humility, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah yeah well pride comes before fall doesn't it exactly exactly um so i guess we should wrap this one up um reach out to us though guys uh we want to hear what you have to say we want to learn from you we want to talk to you we want to know what you like we want to know what you don't like if you think we're pieces of shit, we want to know that too, because that's interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, we, don't, so we, we don't get a lot of uh, listener feedback. So we want to hear from um, you. So so reach out yeah. to us, um, social media, or you can email uh, story at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, reach out, say hello. Let us know you're listening. Let us know what you're up to. Um, and let's have conversations. And uh, if you like what we're doing and you believe in us and, and you think that having this conversation could benefit our country, share it with the people around you. And, uh, and, oh yeah. And please, we don't have very many reviews on Spotify or on iTunes. So please, you know, if you want to do something to help us, we're not asking for money, we're not asking for anything, but please just get us some more reviews. We'd like to get it in that hundred range. There you go. So review us on Spotify, reach out to us, talk to us. And uh, share it with your friends if you don't think we're stupid. <laughs> or maybe share it your and if you with, do think us, even if you do think we're stupid. Exactly, exactly. Be like, get a load of these guys. They're absolutely yeah, wow, completely out to lunch. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, guys, thank you for being here. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Canadian Story. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The CAD Story. That's The CAD Story. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Let's work together to remind Canadians how great their country is.